Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Welcome to the Financial Times Big Read, a weekly podcast featuring the best of our long-form reporting from around the world. I'm Anna Dedder from the Comment and Analysis Desk. Japan is experiencing a surge in domestic mergers and outward deal activity that some see as a sign of revitalised power at the once mighty trade and industry ministry, say Leo Lewis and Kana Inagaki. Responsible in the 70s for transforming industries, the department, now known as METI, had lost its strength, but it is being encouraged by the Arbonomic Stimulus Project to intervene or meddle once again as the country tries to compete with China. This report is narrated by Leo. At the height of its powers in the 1970s, Japan's Ministry of International Trade and Industry could turn spoons into golf clubs. But the men from the ministry were not only interested in persuading the cutlery makers of Tsubame City to retool themselves as producers of sports equipment. They pulled the same trick on other industries too, transforming them from one shape into another and bending segments of the economy to their will. For domestic and global audiences alike, this was at once a demonstration of how power worked in the world's fastest-growing economy and an unsettling display of state meddling. Today, under the auspices of Prime Minister Shinzo Abe, the ministry is back. Architects of Abenomics, his embattled stimulus project, have supported its resurgence. They say Japan would be better off and more able to compete with China if there were more of the old ministerial witchcraft around today. Its desire for power is palpable. The big question is how closely it can rebuild a model that is now four decades old. One politician from the ruling Liberal Democratic Party, with close connections to the ministry, says there is no other part of the bureaucracy that is so hungry to acquire and exert power right now. It is acting with a confidence and a sense of mission that this country has not seen since the 1980s. That is not, of course, the same as real power. Some look at surging domestic mergers and a record 10 trillion yen of outbound deals in 2015 and are convinced that the ministry, now known as METI, the Ministry of Economy, Trade and Industry, has indeed recaptured some of its old magic. To them, recent talks to merge the PC units of Fujitsu and Toshiba and Osaka Steel's takeover of rival steel firm Tokyo Kortetsu show the ministry is running Japaning once again. It has been propelled by outside forces. The 2011 Tohoku earthquake, which led to a meltdown of reactors at the Fukushima nuclear plant, demanded the sort of interventionism that METI had been itching to provide. The fifth anniversary of the disaster was marked last week. A string of other merger talks, some bearing the clear fingerprints of METI involvement, have sought to streamline the energy, auto parts and basic materials industries. An example of interference, denied by those involved, was the pair of near-simultaneous oil sector deals in December. Japan's largest refiner, JX Holdings, announced plans to merge with Tonen General Sekiyu just after a similar merger between Idemitsu Kosan, the second biggest refiner, 
and Shawa Shell. The glass, nuclear power generation and chemicals sectors are strongly tipped within METI itself to be the next for the corporate eugenics programme. Auto industry analysts suspect that the ministry may eventually convince Toyota to buy the stake in Suzuki vacated last year by Volkswagen. METI's aspirations are visible beyond M&A. Behaving as if it is the lead executor of the Abenomics project, the ministry has placed itself at the centre of Japan's plans to become an arms exporter and has led new energy, artificial intelligence and robotics projects. Again, analysts have asked questions over how vigorously METI will seek the best solution over the nationalistic one. A METI official says, if a company is looking for investment and there is both a Japanese and foreign option, it would be dishonest to say that we have no preference at all for who is chosen. If there is a business synergy, and if it is possible to create an all-Japan team, we would like that. METI is haunted by the knowledge of what it is like to hold real power and then lose it. Throughout the post-war recovery, and more spectacularly so during the miracle growth years of the 1970s, METI throbbed with influence. International bestsellers, such as The Enigma of Japanese Power, or Japan Who Governs, focused on the activities of the ministry. It played the role of an arch-manipulator of a command economy, with a mandate to take on the world. It did not just have the ear of the sitting Prime Minister, it was the gateway through which all leaders were expected to pass on their way to the top. Understanding the Ministry's proximity or distance from that model in 2016 prompts much deeper questions of what Abenomics can still hope to achieve, how political power is applied under the administration of Mr Abe, and how much of what METI wants to do is genuinely better for Japan. It is easy to see, says Atsushi Saito, the former head of the Tokyo Stock Exchange and now chairman of Kohlberg Kravis Roberts in Japan, why METI has seized the Abenomics opportunity so aggressively. Mr Saito says, The important thing about the rise of China is that most developed nations have seen that pure market-based capitalism sometimes cannot compete against the Chinese state. Government officials in most developed nations believe that helping their nation's companies with their decisions can help them compete more effectively with China. The years since its heyday were not kind to the ministry. METI has been hit with scandals that saw two ministers replaced in 2014 and 2015. Deflation and corporate belt tightening reduced the ministry's stature. Prospective prime ministers no longer had to serve a stint in the METI minister's office. Important controls most prominently the allotment of access to foreign currency, were ceded or lost forever. The economy it presided over, along with the population, began to show its age, and the heavy industries where it retained the most influence became less central to a services-led economy. It became hamstrung and timid. Tellingly, the word international was dropped from its title in 2001 as Japan took an insular turn. Mr Abe, who came to power in December 2012, has made METI a central plank of his programme to revive the economy. According to political experts and economists, there are several factors driving METI's return to centre stage. The first is the same reason that investors have been prepared to put so much faith in Abenomics, that Mr Abe is a leader of genuine political strength. He has demonstrated staying power in a country that had six prime ministers between 2006 and 2012. That has given METI greater authority, say corporate leaders. 
The senior executive of a company involved in a merger last year says Meti always tried to hint that the proposed deal is wanted by the Prime Minister's office, but it carries more weight if you think the same person will be Prime Minister a year from now. Mr Abe has also made no secret of the fact that the brains of the Abenomic story, most prominently Takaya Imai, his chief economic adviser, are former Meti officials. Under Mr Abe, Meti has new legislation on its side, the 2013 Industrial Competitiveness Enhancement Act, which formalises the government's role in renovation of industries and supplies METI with the kind of incentives it has not had for years. The evidence of how this plays out is conflicting, however. This month's planned $6 billion sale of Sharp, one of Japan's most famous names in consumer electronics, to Taiwan's Honhai Precision Industry, the parent of Foxconn, has become a test of both the extent of METI's new passion for corporate realignment and the limits on its ability to do so. Despite a delay in signing, Foxconn remains in talks with Sharp as they negotiate terms. And there will be more tests to come as Japan's competitiveness fades and the paradoxes of Abenomics become more stark, METI insiders say. It originally pushed for an all-Japan solution to Sharp's crisis involving a purchase by the state-backed Innovation Network Corporation of Japan, the higher bid from Honhai and the refusal of Sharp's banks to play the all-Japan game mean METI must pretend that it is globally minded enough to live with the sale. One of Japan's leading deal-makers and a former bureaucrat confides, there are two totally contradictory organisations within METI and they have two totally different directions. One is aligned with Western economics and market theory wants to promote corporate governance, more M&A, international investment, and more open trade. But there is also the part that is older and more conservative. The question of which one is stronger totally depends on the timing, and it is inconsistent. The harder the market-minded side flexes its muscles, the more it wins favour with Abenomic supporters, but the more leverage it loses. The issue is illustrated by METI's attempt to keep its grip on the nuclear industry. It wants to protect nuclear technology, but its control is restricted, with Japanese nuclear players all having joint ventures with Western companies. Michisuke Nayama, executive vice president of Mitsubishi Heavy Industries, says, It is METI's responsibility to set a direction, and it should be actively doing that. But we're held accountable to our clients, shareholders and employees, and we cannot meet our responsibility by doing what the government tells us to do. And METI's moves are not without controversy. Since Mr Abe came to power, METI has stepped up its regular industrial surveys, which push sectors such as metals and glass into mergers they do not necessarily want. A metal industry survey last year was followed by Nippon Steel and Sumitomo Metal, saying last month that it would buy a smaller rival, Nishin Steel. Both companies argue that the deals were arrived at for sound commercial reasons. Eiji Hayashida Chief Executive of JFE Holdings, Japan's second largest steel group, is anticipating more consolidation of players, but wants to preempt the accusation that anything his company does is rigged by the state. Mr. Hayashida says, Ultimately, the decision for realignment is made by the company's top management and shareholders. There is no involvement of the government. Today, METI's control over policy may be less solid than the ministry, which is currently led by Moto Hayashi likes to suggest. Ryo Fuji, head of Permira Japan, says METI is no longer a spoon-into-golf-club magician. It is impossible to fight the government, but the limitations on METI 
are also clear. METI has lots of divisions concentrating on heavy industry, but only one looking at software, and that is as big as the hardware industry. The difference is that they don't have any weapons to fight the software industry, so they don't have the same means of controlling what it does, says Mr. Fuji. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 